it comes to these, these uh, you know, the tsunamis and all these end time things and fear that grips the hearts of people. And we need to understand that from a grace perspective. So the service is going to be a little bit different today. We're not going to have worship. We're just going to get into the Word and, um, and then I'm going to, I've worked some stuff out that I believe was going to bless you and just give you a visual picture of what Christ has done for us. Amen. 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 Yeah. Uh, last weekend I've been, uh, I've, I've been away. I've enjoyed it. Out at Vleesbaai. Vleesbaai, daar raak jy mos in die vlees. Relax. Yeah. That was that was awesome. Now, okay, what what's on my heart is, you know, I've been uh, like us, like you guys know, the website is really doing well. We get a lot of letters and things, emails from from our website and comments on some of the stuff we do. And uh, one of the comments that I read was that people think that the people in Japan are going through these hard times because God is punish, punishing them for they did not uh, for, for killing the whales you mean it's not true <laughs> it's, it's, listen man it's not true really so, so you've been teaching people wrong again <laughs> so um, that's one of the, the, the most absurd things I've heard but the, the concept is you know that God is, is, is purifying people, God is teaching people, God is pruning, pruning the church, um, God is chastising. Now that, that word chastise um, in the Bible um, uh, and the word scourge, that God is scourging His people. And the Bible says that if you're not chastised or scourged by God, you're not a true son. And that's written in the Bible. And that brings such a, 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 a thing in our minds. God, what do you what do you mean you know why are these verses in the bible and there are verses in the bible and i will in the next couple of weeks i want to talk about that next week we're going to have today we're going to break bread and next week as well um and i just feel that I, I want more of a focus on the communion and on what christ has done for us and the practical application of that in our lives that we can walk in freedom you know and true freedom and uh, nico and i spoke again this morning um, and and we, we've come to realize that there are, there are a lot of people getting a, a hold on grace to a certain perspective, but when it comes to the application, when things happen like a tsunami comes, when things happen like a loved one gets a, a sick and die or something like that, I mean, then the doctrine falls out of the bus when it's all about, you know, um, you must, you, you know, God, what do you want to do? immediately connecting the thing to God instead of walking into true, uh, true freedom. I mean, so I'm going to talk a little bit on that today. Let's just pray together. Father, I want to thank you that we can be here together as a family around your message of grace, around your message of love. Thank you, Lord, that you show us your grace. You show us your love in every area of life. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that in the midst of all these things, we are more than conquerors in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that, that um, when we see a hard time in our life, it is not an indication that we have not fully conquered. Thank you, Lord, that you, you are our victory. You are our joy. You are our, our blessing. Thank you for that, my God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for really loving us. 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Right. Um, I want us to uh, go to, let's go to Hebrews. Let me do it this way. Let's first go to Hebrews 12. Verse 11, Hebrews 12, 11, it says, Now the chastening for the pre now, now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Now that verse is so sounds so against grace. Amen. I just want to put the lights on, please. Yeah. <laughs> They forgot. It's not going to look good. Okay, right. Um, so, so here it says, no, Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So we can read that verse, and if we think with a wrong mindset about it, we think that God wants uh, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Of righteousness in our life and now he will chasten us or put us through something that's not joyous that doesn't seem to be joyous so that we can have that peaceable fruit of righteousness because just before that it says that God chastens those that he love and now it says that this chastening is not nice it is not a joyous thing and then we want to connect it to what is not joyous in our life at that moment. And that's where the problem comes in. We think that God will chasten us by the thing that we don't enjoy today. Like for instance, um, business-wise you're going through a hard time. Or you feel things in your mind, you think of things in your mind that doesn't bring joy to you, and you think then the, this chastening obviously... It must be God bringing this into my life so that I can resist this, apply the grace to the point that I can conquer this and that means that I'm now blessed and I got set free and now I've got the fruit of righteousness. Now that is exactly what Hebrews 12 is not saying. It does not say that. Now, I want us quickly to have a look at, at um, uh, clips from the tsunami. And just look at this. And, and think, now, before we watch this, think of a God that loves people. That cares for people. And we think of what happened here. And we think of how can that be the correction of God. And how does that correct anybody? Okay. In this situation, I do believe, when we look at this, you know, and we see what people believe about this, we can bring correction through the correct doctrine about this. Correction can come. But let's just look at this quickly.
that in your mind on that absolute destruction that has happened there. Okay? You're talking about the chastening of God. Then if they said 18,000 people, how many people? I'm not so heavy into the news about these things. But there's so many people that died in this. Okay? And now we're talking about something that's not pleasurable and the chastisement of God. I'm going to read you this verse to explain what happened there. It says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subject the same in hope, because the creation itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groan and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to witness the redemption of our bodies. Okay. So this talks about a fallen creation. It's not talking about the chastisement of God. This, what happened here, is the consequences of what Adam has done. And we've, we've got a gospel with a hope that says that we shall be delivered from this in the return of Jesus Christ. When we ourselves will be saved from physical death and this planet will physically be made new by one thing that happened, by the chastisement that came upon Jesus. Amen. Now I want us to watch the next, next video. And talk, now we're talking about the chastisement for our sins. We will still talk about the chastisement, uh, the correction that we have. Talk about the chastisement for our sins. Just make sure you put it not too loud. Sacrifice See 
punishment for our sins was upon Jesus and he carried our sickness he bore our disease and I tell you when you see Jesus hanging on that cross that is every definition of you going through a hard time to learn anything from God hanging there 
being destroyed brutally, dying forevermore, that we never ever, even if we find a scripture that we think we cannot understand, even if we see that, that we can never ever be defined ever again by hard times as our master, by our good works as our righteousness, or anything like that, it has been brutally destroyed and died in the body of Jesus forevermore. Every definition of what we must do to be blessed by God, every definition of our suffering on our part so that blessing can be ours has been destroyed. You know, uh, um, Nico ministered this, another guy on, on the web listened to the message <clears throat> and he, he said this, Jesus... Jesus was, just before he died, Peter came and drew a sword and wanted to kill the, 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 the one officer or something. Then Jesus healed him and said to him, don't you know that I can call 12 legions of angels? A Roman legion is 6,000. Okay? 12 times 6 legions of angels to come and rescue me now so what he was actually saying was if I don't want to die for you now the father will help me to get out of this the father will help me even as preachers you know if, if, if the ministry is too difficult we can leave it and God will help us to get out of it because we're not defined by how we preach by what we minister to or anything like that our definition is found in the death and the resurrection of Jesus and that only okay and that only here was Jesus. He, he could have asked these angels, they would have redeemed, I mean, got him out of this. But he said, I want to forever destroy, forever destroy the man that's got a relationship with God on the basis of what he does. And I forever want to destroy before the presence of God the kind of a man that is defined by how well it goes with him or how bad it goes with him. Glory to God. Japan, I've got good news. If you're watching from Japan, I've got good news for you. This tsunami, I don't care if it was a 12 on the Richter scale, if there is such a thing, I don't care. It cannot define your blessing. It cannot declare you cursed. It doesn't possess the power. For God brutally destroyed every voice that defines you in this life outside of Jesus. Glory to God. I want to tell you for me to preach this today. It is very, for us, it's free. But I can tell you now, it wasn't cheap. It was very expensive to give it for free. For free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, when we come to the chastisement of God, in Hebrews 12, let me just, let's go there. Now, I want you, you know, we're going to break bread today. And when we eat that, when we eat that bread and drink that wine, we say, I partake of the complete destruction I mean, the other day, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was a bit, I was not well in my body. And um, 
I, I prayed and prayed and prayed, nothing happened, you know, and I went to the doctor and came back and man, I just felt, he gave me pills and stuff, I just felt I'm not going to be healed by this. And um, I said to my wife, I think what we need to do is take some, take some communion, you know, and just get our minds completely into what Christ has done. And I took a nice big piece of bread and we took some, some wine and we sat there and I read what, you know, the thing in, in, in uh, Corinthians and we're going to do this next Sunday. <clears throat> now it, it will so bless you this. But as I read this and I said his body was broken and when his body was broken, my body was broken. The body wherein I was defined was broken. And it was not just given one little lash. It was ripped to pieces. It was ripped to pieces. You can go and read Psalm 22. It says, I hang here. Where are you, my God? My bones are staring at me. My bones. I can see my bones. Ripped to pieces, cut to pieces. Now, forget about just the suffering you went through. Think of how your life, where you've been always not qualified, always not good enough, has been ripped to pieces and completely destroyed forevermore and then raised up in a wholeness that can never be broken ever again. Glory to God. And now, what blasphemy to take the, the tsunami and even to, to me it, it almost feels wrong to play that video against this other video we're trying to correct where we are saying that this is God's chastisement for a nation my goodness where he gave his body what sacrifice can we make that wasn't enough for him glory to God if we want to be blessed financially, what a disgrace and spitting in the face of Jesus to come with your tithe offering to say, I'll be blessed in the face of what you've just seen. That's what He gave for you to be blessed. And now you come tramping underfoot the very blood of Jesus. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. My goodness, man. Look at what he's done. This is the truth about your life. This is the only truth about your life. I tell you, I went, my wife and I sat in that bed. We took that communion. I took that bread and I just ate a piece. And I just, as I ate it, I said, man, my, that body was broken. And I partake of that. And as my body, my digestive system just consumes this, every cell in my physical body finds its energy from what I've just eaten. And I eat I believe in the way God corrected mankind by giving Jesus and I believe in it and every fiber of my being finds its energy from the truth of what Christ has done my goodness I tell you I'm healed glory to God thank you Jesus 
And the same with the blood. I didn't just take one little piece. I ate and meditated and ate and meditated and ate and meditated. It took us 30 or 40 minutes. I just experienced the truth about my life. And this is the truth about your life. It wasn't him dying. It was your effort to be like God dying there. Ripped to pieces. Destroyed forevermore. And then God raised you up. The Bible says we died with Him and we were raised together with Him on the third day. He raised us all up into a new kind of man. And our salvation is making use of this truth. Glory to God. Right, let's get into Hebrews 12 quickly. <clears throat> now, what if we look at what Jesus has done, if we look at what Christ has done, sin can only be defined in Rejecting that. There is no other sin but the sin of rejecting that. And rejecting that will bring forth so many other kinds of sins in your life. Where you try to be defined by what you do for God. Or try to be defined by who you're in relationship with. Or try to be defined by how much money you make. The peace we have by understanding this gospel cannot be bought Jesus said people you know he, he multiplied the bread okay and then it was a massive miracle then they ran after Jesus for multiplication of bread Jesus said why don't you labor for the true bread that satisfies and then he says my body is that bread why don't, and it doesn't just talk about the communion, it talks about why don't we make an effort to, to gr grab a hold of and apply in every area of our life the fact that we, our old life, was brutally ended. And we're only defined by the new life. Glory to God. And when we read scripture, we read it from that perspective. We read what Jesus has done for us. It says from verse 1, it says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Glory to God. That's the law. And the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, I don't have time to go through Hebrews 10 and 11. That, that will be a six-part series. But if you go through 10 and 11, sin is defined in, I became part of the grace message, and now I turn my back on it. That's, that's what he says. And then he goes in Hebrews 10, he says, If you willfully sin, after you've come to the knowledge of Christ, what sacrifice is there for you left? Because this is the only sacrifice. There's nothing left. If you willfully sin, willfully sin against what Jesus has done. He says, if we rejected the law of Moses on two or three witnesses, you would have been stoned. Of how much sore punishment will he be counted worthy that tramps underfoot the blood of Jesus, defining the sin talked about in Hebrews 12. He says, let us lay aside the sin which so easily besets us. It's so easily to find, you know, I, I found grace people coming to me saying, Bertie, you know, people ask me, what about this tsunami? What about these things? What about the end times? There are more earthquakes now than ever before. 
That's a lie. You want to tell me when the, when the continents moved that there was less earthquakes than now? Come on, man. When, when all the continents were together and they moved, do you think it was just one little earthquake that got those continents where they are today? No ways. It's not the worst time now. I won't tell you it's the best time the planet has seen. But the planet is groaning, waiting for the return of Christ. And people get such a fear in their hearts. Because what about the Antichrist? What about all these end times? What about financial stability? What about all these things? I want to tell you, the Bible says that perfect love. I like that song so much. It says, look at His love. I thank God that Jesus never came and said, I love you, I love you, I love you. But God's word was spoken, it thundered through the world by demonstrating his love in destroying man's effort to be like God by his own works. He destroyed it forevermore. And now he says, let's, he says, let's lay aside every weight. Weight talks about this wrong doctrine that people believe. I don't have time to go into all the references there. But then it goes on. It says, and the sin which so easily beset us. We f- I find, and, and the writer of the Hebrews find, that people so easily jump back to the law. Jump back to works righteousness. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So if you don't want to be wearied, now the context here was people believed in Jesus, then they were, they, they were persecuted for believing in Jesus. Because they were persecuted for believing in Jesus, believing the grace message, they were persecuted by the law, guys. This is what the Jews did. They said, we're not doing business with you. We're putting you out of the synagogue. We're excommunicating you. Now for a Jew to be excommunicated, who's he going to do business with? Where's he going to buy his food? Where's he going to sell his stuff? He, 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 it is the, basically the end of his life. You know, he's a cast out. Now, he says here, look at Jesus. What he went through for your freedom. So why can't we, when we are in this freedom... Resist going back to the law by those who persecute and call us names. That, that's just the way it is. You know, if I look at some of the emails I get and look at some of the comments, you know, I'm persecuted for believing the truth. But thank God. Look at Jesus. And then it goes on, it says, You have not listen to verse 4 you have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin so what he's saying is you have not resisted in other words you have not said talking about the Jews of that time that you've resisted going back to the law until the point that they beat you up and you bleed so what he was saying is listen I want to tell you the truth all you need to do is stay in the gospel. Doesn't matter what people say. Look at Jesus, what he went through, staying in the truth about your life. 
So what are we going to do? We're going to stay in the truth about our lives. Listen to this. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks, exhortation, the lifting up, which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise you not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens. That word chasten means to correct through words. To correct through words. Going to start it in the Greek. And scourges every son whom He receives. Now, he says, you Jews, you forgot the chastening of the Lord. You forgot that He corrected you through words. How did He correct the Jews? He told them, you don't have to go to the temple anymore to be saved. You don't have to, you don't have to be circumcised to be my child. You don't have to follow the customs of Moses to be blessed. Now, was that easy for a Jew to hear? No ways. You don't have to stone your children that's been caught in the act of adultery anymore. But last week they were stoned. Okay? Now imagine, you, you've got a daughter, she's 17 years of age. Two days ago, she was stoned to death because she committed adultery or fornication. She fornicated. She was stoned. Now you come... And you tell them, listen, I want to tell you, this old Jew system is over. It's not needed anymore. Huh? <laughs> Jesus took her punishment. Now, that is what the Bible talks about, the scourging of God. He says, no correction seems pleasurable for now. But it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It's like uh, on YouTube I put that thing of Shrek. You know, Shrek and the Don donkey were lying together on, the, you know, on this piece of rock. And then donkey said to Shrek, you know, it's so wonderful since, you know, we are going to live in the swamp. And, and he says, we, he says, yes, after we have saved the princess. He says, we. He says, donkey, there's no we. It's my swamp, and I will save the princess. It's me and I, and I will build a ten-foot wall around my swamp, and you'll be on the outside. Now what donkey then said was, you cut me deep, Shrek. You really cut me deep right now. And that is the pain he talks about here. Why? Because donkey was corrected in his belief. He believed that he was going to be the savior with Shrek. But when Shrek said, you believing wrong, he was cut deep. And this is what he says here in Hebrews, the scourging of God. God comes and he corrects the belief of the Jews. And it cut them deep. The Jews said, we are the people of God. God says, no, all people are my people. It cut them deep. Isn't it? Now he says, let's not faint when God corrects us. Let's not faint. So what is the context of this? When you believing in works righteousness and God comes and corrects you. And you feel, man, but I've been wrong in believing in this effort thing. And now I see the easier way. 
I'm not going to, when I feel that pain of being corrected in my belief unto the message of righteousness, faint under His correction. So when He says, listen man, you cannot be defined by an earthquake or a tornado or anything like that. You cannot be defined. You cannot... I tell you that yet in, yet in all these things you are more than a conqueror. In poverty, nakedness, peril, the sword. Romans 8. In these things you are more than a conqueror. For I am the definition of your victory. When Jesus was in the desert, the voice of the Father was His definition of who He was. When you are in a place today, I don't care what the oil price does, even if it goes so high that there's another recession and everything gets destroyed, and there's 25 million other tsunamis, it does, it, it does not possess greater power than God's word which spoke from the heavens that says, You are my son in whom I am well pleased. When Jesus was in the desert, having no food, having no friends, having no clothes, He believed He is the Son of God. He believed He is the Messiah. That's what He believed. And He went out into the desert where He had no friends, no food, nothing, led by the Holy Spirit. When he was in there, Satan came when he had nothing and hungered. There was a desire inside him. To, uh, his flesh desired to say, man, I, I need to see something happen now. I need to see some friends. I need to see some food. I need to see something. I need some confirmation. Satan said, get this confirmation in the physical flesh. You know you're the Son of God. Jesus said, I live by the word spoken from heaven. God's word spoken from heaven to you. It's graphically portrayed by Mel Gibson there. Hallelujah. He paid for you. He destroyed the body of sin. He destroyed, and the greatest thing that he destroyed was how we are defined. And that is the correction that God gives to the church. That's the correction. That is what he says here in Hebrews. Consider him that endures such a great contradiction of sinners against himself. Context here is, don't fall away from the message of grace. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Sin was to leave the grace message. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is spoken unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord nor faint when you are rebuked. That is the scourging and the chastening. Chastening is when He corrected you in the beginning. Coming for the very first time, telling you, listen, this is the true doctrine. This is the true thing to believe about you. Now you say, okay, I take it. Now you come later on and you reject that. Now He rebukes you. That word rebuke is to correct you again. Now when he corrects you, he tells you, listen, I want to tell you what you've done here, how you believe. Let me give a good example in my life. Start to, started to preach the, the, the grace message, but I still believe that you, after I preached the grace message, I still believed that there can be a demon in something. You know, like in a portrait or something like that. I believed that. Then I went on an outreach and a friend of mine, Shannon Carroll, came to me and said to me, how can there be a, and I looked at these African art and there was like some of these ugly things I said to him man there's demons in that stuff 
He said to me, how can there be a demon in that thing? And he started to quote some scripture and gave me a teaching. Man, it was difficult for me because I was wrong. I was corrected by God through that brother. But I thank God that I withstood, no, not, not withstood, that I, I, I didn't faint under the rebuke. I didn't faint under the correction. I took it. Glory to God. And now, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people all over the world can hear the truth of this. Because I could make use of that. And I want to tell you, man, this message of God's freedom, the message of who we are in Christ, the rebuke that comes from God, or the correction, the better way would be the correction, the correction that comes from God might not be pleasurable. I mean, here's, here's my friend, I mean, he, had a past, he was a pastor of a big church, preached, pre preached a lot of law messages, you know, and then when he heard grace, there was a correction that came. But look at him. Look at the joy in his life. Look at the fruit of, of, of Gerald's life. You know, after he yielded to the correction of God. Now I can tell you now, if you think of what you've preached to hundreds and hundreds of people, planted churches from the perspective of law, and you think of what you taught and how you were bold in front of hundreds of people preaching what you preached, and now you hear something that says you weren't right. I mean, it, it must be difficult. It must be difficult. It must be my goodness, man. So I've been wrong all the time. I misled other people. And the problem with most pastors why they don't want to repent is because they do love people. And they feel, man, I, I love them and I don't want to see myself as somebody that has misled people for five years or ten years. And now I did mislead them. And they cannot face that truth. They can't go through that scourging. That old law man, you know, which is um, that you've built up, that old kingdom is all of a sudden beaten to pieces. It's burnt in a fire. It's like the pain of a fire. The fire of God's love is started. And now your message of works, which is not a love message, is burnt in the fire of the revelation of the love of God. That's what it talks about. And I don't have time even to explain all these things. But, but that's what it talks about when Jesus says He will clean His threshing floor with an unquenchable fire. So what it talks about, talks about the whole law system. He says his whole world will come, all the trees, all the plants, everything will come and he will bring a fire and he will burn it all down. And out of the root of the stem of Jesse will come a tender plant. Talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. So God's judgment upon mankind, according to the Bible here, was when He brought the grace message and judged and ruled against the law message of works righteousness and destroyed it and burnt it up forevermore. So now, when we go back to the old way and God continually has this, His heart and His message of love ablaze on the planet through preachers of grace and you feel corrected, that is the scourging you feel. I'm corrected now. It, God does not use the tsunami. God does not use the tsunami. 
when somebody comes up and says God used a tsunami, God will raise up somebody else to correct and scourge that doctrine. Amen. And everybody that has believed that, you know, it's like I, I look on, on, on some of the, uh, uh, this is a bit radical, but I'm going to say it. I look at the, some of the comments I get on my videos when I preach on money. And man, you can hear some of those pastors squealing in pain. Because they're being scourged under, you don't have to tithe to be blessed. And all of the scripture, more than scripture, the resurrected Jesus and the cross is the proof against that. And people are screaming in pain. If they just don't reject but accept. And say, thank you Jesus. What is actually painful here is my effort to be like you. That I did maybe in a, in a heart that was pure. My heart was genuine. You were genuinely wrong. That's the problem. If my child goes onto the, the uh, N2 and he just wants to play with his car, with his toys. I mean, he is really sincere. He just wants to play with toys on the N2. What's going to happen? He's going to die there. And in that sincerity, God comes. He sees your heart is sincere. He sees everything. But he comes with his message of love. The way God purifies us is by the message of grace. We sing that song, Oh, give, us, give me a pure heart, O God. Pure heart means a heart that believes what God believes. So we sing, God, give me a pure heart. Now He comes with a correct belief and He speaks to your belief to purify what you believe about God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say to you today, you know, you are so loved by God. His love was demonstrated in the most powerful way upon the cross. And when we today are going to eat, eat that bread and drink that wine, we do it in remembrance of Him. And when you remember Him, you remember what happened to you. Because His death is all about you. It's all about you. When he was ripped to pieces, your effort was ripped to pieces. When he was beaten there, now we don't have the high definition here, but uh, um, man, somebody gave me this very nice computer screens. So, so you know, we, when you look at those videos there, you can see how they, I know this is all just makeup, but how the bones are sticking out of the man. Now I can't but, when I, was sit, when I sat here and I saw what he went through, I can't but cry. But when I saw him die, I couldn't but laugh. I had such a joy. <laughs> because when I see that death, I realized I died. My effort to be like God is forever dead. Forever to be justified by how many people go on my website, by how much money I have in my bank account, by all this. It is dead forevermore with a perfect death. Hallelujah. It has been burnt by the love of God. Removed by the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. So, when we experience pain, when God corrects us, it's not God giving you pain. It's the pain of getting rid of what you've believed. That's the whole thing. 
So I want to just, and the reason why I say this, I mean we, we all grace believers here. The reason, all I say this is that you can understand Hebrews 12. It talks about the scourging. It talks about it is not nice. The Bible says it is not nice to be corrected. Because pride plays a role. Isn't it? It does. That's why the Pharisees, it was so difficult for them. And even today for preachers, it is so, so difficult. Because we stood on public platforms. We've led people. And now to repent in front of everybody, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. I've believed this for so long. I've given my money for so long. I have supported that ministry for so long. My one friend supported a ministry with, with 10,000 rand a month. And then later on this guy was exposed on TV and what he does with that money. You know how he, he cried. He physically cried. He said, I wasted my money. For one year, 10,000 rand a month. That's 120,000 rand. That's a lot of money. Amen. You can buy a very nice motorcycle with it. <laughs> all of it. Now, this guy was also in grace, okay? And now he saw how he supported actually something that was against what he believes in. That hurts, man. That hurts. But thank God, you know, the brother was set free. So I want to tell you, when it comes to the scourging and the discipline of God, it's all about God correcting your belief. And it's not nice to be corrected in your belief. We all actually have got the words of donkey. You've cut me deep, preacher. You've cut me real deep right now. Because you've been corrected. But when we stand under this correction, and the Bible says when we are trained by this correction, what does that mean? What's the correction? The true gospel. When we are trained in the true gospel, it says we'll see the peaceable fruit that comes from that message. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want us to play the next song. And we're going to play it two or three times. And just while it plays, I will read a, a verse here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the reason. Let's close our eyes. <coughs> you know, you are the reason why He gave His Son. He had nothing in mind but you when He was hanging on that cross. He loves you so much. And this is what the Apostle Paul said and what Jesus revealed to him. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was portrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which was broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And I read it again. 
says, Take it, this is my body, which was broken for you. If I want to read it correctly, it was actually, This is my body, wherein you were broken. Eat this and do this in remembrance of me. Of the same manner, after he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my body. This ye do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. There's one thing we can remember when it comes to the gospel, that's Jesus and what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. The reason he Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just let this reality wash your belief. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus took bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you Seems a bit softer. <clears throat> this is my body broken for you and as it was broken your definition of works righteousness was broken forevermore hallelujah and as you eat of this you eat of this in remembrance of Jesus and what he said he said this is my body broken for you thank you Lord in Jesus mighty name so I'm just going to put the bread over there and everybody we just come up and you take a piece of bread you take some of the wine and um, on your own just take a drink of it eat of it take again you know um, and, and just enjoy it in remembrance of God Father I thank you for this table I thank you Lord that you have set a table before us that brings joy greater than what anything can bring on this planet. A greater definition of joy has been portrayed in Jesus in this table. We declare that your body was broken for us. We declare that your blood flowed for us. And we declare today that we can never be defined by earthquakes, that's not your correction. We cannot be defined by outbreak of disease or sickness or cancer. Thank you, Lord, that 
if we look at the times and the seasons, we don't look at the bad things happening in the world. We're looking at what Jesus has done. And we know that we are in the end time. Since Jesus has been here in the last 2,000 years, we are in the end time because this is the time where the good news is being preached, which you said which would, would be the end time. Where we are in the end time, we don't care, oh God. Because if you would come tomorrow, what would we do different? We'll just do the same thing. We will be here today and we will have communion here and after this go home. Thank you, Father, because we are not defined in how much we do. We are, our peace is an inner peace that comes from you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. Let us take of the bread and of the wine.